It's a special Friday edition of the Fun Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller, thanks for joining us. We have been talking to the three ladies who are doing readings for us at funastrology.com, asking their interpretations and perspectives on current events that they have chosen to talk about. Today, we are talking to Laura Taft. Laura is back recently from a wonderful vacation that she thoroughly enjoyed and was recharging, so she is ready to go. So let's, without further ado, talk to Laura Taft. Laura, welcome back to the podcast. I am so thrilled you're here. Thanks, Thomas. Good afternoon. And I understand readings have been going well for you? Uh, They have. It's been really nice meeting um, your listeners, and um, we've had some great conversations. So yeah, they're going great. Wonderful people. Awesome. That's just yeah. great. Thank you for doing those. That's uh, just thrilled to have you as part of this team. And I thought we would take this little pause. And you are back fresh from vacation, too. So we have to frame up everybody that Laura is ready and raring to go, right? Yes. <laughs> she is, she is, uh, yes. And we are recording this on the first full day of Aries season now with the sun in Aries, the first day of the new vernal equinox season. And so we've got some fire in this as well, which we're, I think, both glad to have. Yeah, definitely. And happy Astrology Day, which technically was yesterday, but um, it can fall on the 20th or the 21st. And I did a little research on that. And the the, the first Astrology Day or International Astrology Day started in 1993. And that first one at the Aries Ingress was at 25 degrees Aquarius. So we're kind of coming into the Saturn return of the International Astrology Day, which is kind of awesome because I kind of see it like, yeah, you know, astrology once again is maturing in the eyes of um, the world and the internet in particular. So it's kind of a cool, uh, a, a cool uh, moment, I guess. Well, that is. That's a passage from its younger years. It's learning about what it's going to be in this phase, right? Because astrology yeah. has been almost eradicated a couple of times. So really, we're just in this rebirth that doesn't go back past much, a hundred years. So now with this... So we have this little Saturn return. And, you know, every day, if you look on a calendar, it's like, it's pizza day. It's nurse's day. It's um, sister's day. It's son's day, you know, and astrology got their day in 1993. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, in light of that and in light of, obviously, things going on around the world that really has put our attention on astrology, I think a lot of people are looking up to the sky, wondering answers. That I just wanted to open the platform for you to talk about anything that came to mind of that might be current and relevant today. Mm-hmm. So what have you well, chosen for us? <laughs> well, I've definitely chosen um, the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in Pisces, uh, as I was just on vacation, and I kind of planned to run away for a week um, and just zone out in in um, a tropical setting. And, uh, and I thought a lot about, uh, you know, healing and how we're going to move through all the stuff that we've been, 
you know, marathoning through the last couple of years with the pandemic and now this war and, um, you know, the grief that is a bit overwhelming with all of it. But um, I was thinking about the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction. I absolutely and, uh, love that. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about something that's uplifting and um, inspiring that uh, hasn't happened since uh, in Pisces, I believe it was 1846. 160-something years it always would be, right? So Right. And won't and be that, around again for that. Don't forget. Right. This isn't like, oh, I'll just wait. I'll catch it next time. No, you won't. <laughs> no, this is like, you know, the big ocean, the biggest the biggest water experience here with the co-rulers of Pisces, like, together. So it's pretty epic. And I, I believe in 1846, it was the, the spiritual um, sort of awakening in the world. And then 10 years later, after that, you know, Neptune was um, discovered in 1846. So 10 years later, the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction was now on the map. So there was like this peak of spirituality. And um, if we look now into our world, um, you know, especially through the Internet and people, you know, able to talk with anybody they want, study with anybody they want. Um, gurus are, you know, everywhere. And, you know, uh, astrology is blowing up and all the other healing arts. So I would say, like, we're we're definitely at a peak now, too. That's what it feels like. But what I've kind of looked at, you know, quickly was 13 years ago uh, in 2009, and then I looked 26 years ago, and I just wanted to see quick themes that I thought were Neptunian and Jupiter together kind of themes, um, because those were the years of the last uh, couple of uh, conjunctions, because they come together every 13 years, but in different elements. So 2009, uh, Jupiter and Neptune were in Aquarius, and they were tightly conjunct Chiron. Aquarius. I'll just mention that. Um, and on the day of the conjunction, Neptune was just about to station and it stationed the very next day. So, and then a few days later, Jupiter stationed. So they really traveled together at 26 degrees, 28 minutes of Aquarius. Um, so, you know, every conjunction is different. Ours this year in 2022 in Pisces is doing its thing and then it's taken off because it's going right into Aries and, you know, um, like we were discussing earlier, it'll come back in the end of the year, October 28th, and then, you know, move back into Aries on December 20th. So we have another small um, dose of um, Jupiter and Pisces. Let, let me ask but, you a question on that point. Because I watched this last year. I watched the one that you're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. So this Dece- this October, well, and early November, when Jupiter comes back in, yeah. it comes back in in retrograde. Then it will station right. direct in there somewhere and move mm-hmm. forward. Do you right. think that that, 
potency, impact, effect is as powerful as it is when it's moving all direct the first time that it moves through the sign? I think um, the outer planets, when they're retrograde, have, you know, those symbolic retrograde connections to whatever planet it is. So Jupiter retrograde is not going to be as powerful as Jupiter direct or Jupiter stationing. Um, Jupiter retrograde is going to go back over, you know, possibly the things um, that you are dealing with right now. So it might be a, um, you know, an opportunity or something that you can um, finally take advantage of that maybe you couldn't get to the first, you know, we had it last summer too, in June and July when Pisces first came, uh, Jupiter went into Pisces, you know, for that little toe dip. It's been a very erratic Jupiter and Pisces journey. It hasn't been solid, but it's been pieces where we desperately needed it, I think. Um, so at the end of this year, going back in, in a retrograde, um, direction, I, I think we can maybe pick up some pieces or, you know, use, um, whatever's left of the, the, um, still potent Jupiter and Pisces energy. How do you feel about it? I watched that last summer with, with the eye on that, like, when Jupiter moved into Pisces last year, as it did from Aquarius, it gave us a glimpse, but it wasn't, to me, a full-on glimpse. I remember it gave us a lot of hope. I just wanted to get the hell out of, <laughs> you know, I just wanted to get out of the Saturn-ruled um, Jupiter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it just felt like the pandemic started with it. And, you know, all that intense energy, you know, anything that we could possibly look towards or have inspiration for, you know, during that time, you know, masks were coming off. They were like, oh, I think it's done. I think we might be done. There was a lot of optimism. And then, you know, we all know how that ended. You know, we had a, another um, variant come through. Yeah, right about in the middle of it, the Delta hit in around July 4th. Yeah. So, you know, we're ready. We were we were ready for that Jupiter and Pisces energy to come through. And then um, here we are now. And, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward, to, for instance, for Venus to pop in there, too, into um, into Pisces and get out of where she is right now. But I think she's doing some sort of. um I don't know. I think she's trying her best to do uh, to do good and to be helpful against all odds because she is in between malefics right now. And um, it's not an easy position um, where she is right now, but she's Venus. And in Aquarius, she's, you know, humanity. She's she's the people. So um, I still have hope. I have I have faith there. But to go, um, I wanted to, you know, I just jotted down some notes about 2009, which was 13 years ago, uh, when Jupiter and Neptune uh, had their conjunction in Aquarius. 
So what happened, I looked on, uh, you know, I just Googled uh, Wikipedia 2009. And so what I found um, was the miracle on the Hudson. So this was the most successful ditching in aviation history, ex uh, an exceptionally dramatic water landing in the Hudson River in New York City after the plane hit a flock of geese following takeoff. All passengers and crew survived and the pilot Chelsea Sullenberger was heralded like this hero. And there was a movie made about him called Sully um, starring Tom Hanks. So Jupiter had only been in Aquarius um, for 10 days because this happened on January 15th, the, uh, the miracle on the Hudson and right out out of the gate when I looked at that I was like well yeah that is a year that Jupiter is going to uh, conjoin with Neptune and right off the bat we've got like this miracle I mean do you remember that remember it well and the after yeah. effect when he became uh, I mean he couldn't he could walk on water yeah 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 so that's it gives you goosebumps you know to to think of that and sort of the harbinger of that year of, of a Jupiter-Neptune conjunction. So that's one thing. January 3rd, also in 2009, um, the first genesis block of the blockchain of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin was established. So here's innovation, you know, Aquarius expansion um, through, um, uh, you know, boundaryless money. If only so, we had been watching the chart and had bought some. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. I know. I'm like, well, who knew about that? Like, I don't remember that. We need to watch um, the chart. See, we're doing it now, right? We, we're on it every day, and I'm checking in with you guys, so I'm going to be counting on you. When the next big innovation comes, we will be all over it right here. I, yeah, well, when a Jupiter-Neptune conjunction is in that year, chances are. But also January 26 in 2009, the Salman octuplets were born. Six males and two females conceived through vitro fertilization to uh, Nadia Salman in Bellflower, California. So sh her children were the first octuplets to survive infancy. And it was considered a miracle and a controversial um birth because they you know they talked a lot about you know who the doctor was and why did they allow this to you know it was in vitro so they put eight eggs in and they all took and they just let them go but everyone survived you know i didn't look up on how they're doing today but that's pretty amazing that's pretty jupiter isn't it yeah Definitely, definitely. And Neptune, because Neptune is the myth maker, you know? Hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm one of the octuplets, like instantly her legend. <laughs> Absolutely, right. Um, so that was really interesting. And this is all in January, just right when, when Jupiter entered Aquarius that year. And it was tightly conjunct um, Chiron, which is interesting to me. Um, also that year, January 18th, the Gaza war conflict ended 
And May 18th, the Sri Lankan Civil War ended. So those are two positive things that I am crossing my fingers for, for, you know, conflicts to be ended, you know, under a Jupiter-Neptune um, conjunction for what's going on right now with the the Russian-Ukrainian crisis. What was the date um, on the Sri Lankan again? It was May 18th. Okay, so, and then was there one in the fall when it would have come back in through retrograde? Um, I don't have that as I just did a quick kind yeah. of, because the next one is June 11th, the swine flu was a global pandemic. So I remember that. It wasn't as scary in my neck of the woods. It's not like what we're going through now. And that kind of talks to, you know, the Jupiter, Neptune, Pisces power, both co-rulers of Pisces. We're in a different um, magical kind of brew right now. Um, so the swine flu was big, though. It was a global pandemic. So that's just another sort of theme under that Jupiter-Neptune conjunction year. The other one was that was very, very interesting to me. And, and so um, June 25th, Michael Jackson dies. This is worldwide grief. The online reactions to his death crippled several major websites and services. And the internet traffic um, hits to, you know, to search Michael Jackson's death was unprecedented and historic levels. So that is, to me, it's very Jupiter-Neptune. Just unexpected sort of um, drug-induced. Uh, we know that we know what happened now, but you know this super untouchable megastar. And I I did save the chart on that. I'm gonna look at that for a second. Um, so June 25th, 2009. Yeah, the nodes had just entered Aquarius and Leo. So that also um, during, on the day of his death, we also had a uh, Venus-Mars conjunction in Taurus, ruled by Venus. Uh, and also Jupiter and Neptune were retrograde at that moment when he died. So like I was saying in the beginning of, of 2009, um, or May 27th was the actual exact conjunction, but it stationed and then Jupiter stationed, and it retrograded back over that summer. And June 25th, a month after uh, Michael Jackson died, and and uh, Chiron was right there, also retrograde. So they were all, uh, you know, going in the same direction together. Just very interesting with the, the grief factor. Um, and then the last thing for 2009 was December 18th, Avatar was released. And the movie was like the highest grossing movie of all time at that point. And very, very Jupiter, Neptune, you know, super creative, um, otherworldly. So that year, you know, 2009 has quite a few signatures of that Jupiter, Neptune energy. Yeah, definitely. 
Very interesting. It is. It is. And all I did was just kind of look on 2009, look at the Wikipedia page, and boom, 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 in bullets. There it is. So then I went to January 9th, 1997, and this was a Neptune-Jupiter conjunction in Capricorn. Um, So, uh, you know, Jupiter's not really happy in Capricorn, um, but it's... It's still, nonetheless, it's it's in this Saturn um, ruled uh, energy, Neptune and Jupiter. So January twenty third, the first you know two weeks that that um, of the year, um, and then uh, the conjunction had just happened January 9th, Madeleine Albright became the first female Secretary of State. Um, so that's a big deal. And I see it, you know, on that Capricorn cancer access, you know, where, you know, this woman has now come into a, a very strong position in, in the government. March 24th, a very strange um, cult from San Diego, uh, which is very Neptune Jupiter. They were called Heaven's Gate, 39 Heaven's Gate. And this was a mass suicide on that date coinciding with the closest approach of the comet Hale-Bopp. So, you know, their mission was to leave Earth. You know, they had done their thing and they all decided to leave together. And strangely, um, when Jupiter and Neptune were conjoined, um, not very far away was Uranus in Aquarius. So Jupiter and Neptune, uh, let me pull that chart up so I can just, let's see. Okay, so Jupiter and Neptune came together at 27 degrees Capricorn, eight minutes. Uranus was only uh, six degrees away at three degrees Aquarius. So when this group, Heaven's Gate, the cult in San Diego, did this mass suicide, it was um, applying to Uranus pretty close. So and the fact that they were, you know, timing this all to a comet is is really, really Neptune, Jupiter. Also, uh, let's see, May 31st, I wrote down here, we have the the Confederation Bridge, the world's longest bridge, opens between Prince Edward's Island and New Brunswick, Canada. And this is very Capricorn, very um, big, you know, this big dream, like we're going to build the world's largest bridge. And it was in, you know, progress for a long time, but it opened the 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 Neptune Jupiter um, conjunction year, so it was a couple months later, but still, it's pretty epic. Um, August thirty first, another huge day for for the world, was when Princess Diana dies. Another worldwide grief, just sort of like Michael Jackson, like it's massive, and the funeral was watched by two billion people worldwide. Like that was a huge day. And then as far as films, the Titanic was released. Another highest grossing film. 
So this is 13 years prior to Avatar. And Michael Jackson was 13 years after Princess Diana died. But they were both on that Jupiter-Neptune conjunction year. Not to the day, not to the, but just the fact that they're in the same sign and they're coming together. You know, that energy is is building. Um, that see. is truly amazing. The films, yeah. And then the shadow, we're getting both the positive and the shadow, which, of course, we've seen here recently, is we're seeing yeah. with the Ukraine situation, the shadow of the not the peace side, we're seeing the aggression side. Yeah, and the blurred the blurred boundaries. And, you know, one of the things, so now, you know, I want to look at 2022 because now we're in March and we've had some things happen, you know. Um, I could say definitely we have worldwide grief already and it comes from many things that we've already been dealing with, the pandemic and now the Ukraine. But on the flip side, in the Ukraine, even though there's this, this you know, full-scale invasion as of February 24th, um, on March 10th, uh, I read an article about Airbnb. And people were booking um, Airbnb in the Ukraine, and they were booking Ukrainian hosts in need, and they never checked in. But between March twenty, uh, March second and March third, people around the world booked sixty-one thousand nights in the Ukraine cities via Airbnb, and they made they raised over two million dollars in forty-eight hours. So this creative like social media campaign to channel funds into this besieged city is pretty amazing, and people did that. Like the people did that. You know, that is the, a very cool thing, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, I'm no one needs to know. That. Yeah, no one needs to know. No one needs to check in. It's so giving and generous and it's brilliant because it's just, you know, here you go. I'm going to check into your hotel like every day until you guys, you know, get better and have peace, you know. I think it's just, that's another amazing, every once in a while I go on good news um, sites because it's just, it's overwhelming if I don't get at least some good news. And that is not only good news, but it's brilliant. Totally brilliant. And so yeah. perfect for the situation. Very perfect. And then they talk to the hosts and the hosts are using that money that they get for their own, you know, rooms that they were renting or whatever to do good, you know, to do whatever they can to help their, their fellow, you know, people. So um, the other thing that I, uh, well, obviously, you know, in January of this year, you know, on Wikipedia, 300 million cases, you know, COVID pandemic, we all know that, um, vaccinations, 10 billion worldwide. So in another 13 years, if you talk to me, we'll talk about 13 years ago when, you know, these, all these bullet points and, and they're very similar to 2009 and 1997 on a very different scale because Jupiter and Neptune is extremely strong in Pisces. Um, 
But like, for instance, January 10th of this year, um, they were successful in um, doing a pig to human heart transplant. So and it was successful and somebody was able to to, you know, have their heart beating through a pig's heart. It's not glamorous, but it's amazing. And the boundaries have been blurred between human and animal. Um, also, this, uh, funny enough, I watched this movie while on vacation. And um, it was kind of scary, but I, I'm not typically into these types of movies. But it's called The Tinder Swindler. And it's a true crime documentary. It dropped on Netflix February 2nd, 2022. And it's a story of an Israeli con man, uh, Simon Laviv. So he emotionally manipulated women into financially supporting his lavish lifestyle on the pretext that he needed money to escape from his enemies. And the movie is, you know, just women on, on dating apps, Tinder, and they match with this guy, Simon. And he immediately, you know, with all the, the three women that they highlight in this movie, in the documentary, actually, because it actually happened. Um, first of all, they're wooed and he's got jets and he wears all amazing um, designer clothing. And he sh shows them his lavish world and that he is very wealthy. And they're thinking, wow, I, I met a prince. I am so lucky. He loves me. He wants to marry me, you know, the whole nine yards. And so they're just amazed by their luck. And so once he dates them for about a month or so, then he sent them all the same picture of um, his bodyguard, who was a big player in his story. Um, you know, he was hurt. You know, he was down. He needed uh, these enemies were attacking him. And he goes, look, I just need some money. If you can wire me some money, you know, I'm good for it. And there he had these women. And they they figured that, you know, he was he was very wealthy. So, you know, the biggest con imaginable. And he was doing this with numerous women. So it was an eye opener for anyone who goes on, you know, these dating apps to just be very, very wary. And that is huge Neptune and huge Jupiter. Yeah, it's the shadow side of Neptune for sure. Lies and deceptions. Yep, but Been seeing uh, it everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And finally the last girl that he dated, she flipped it on him and she she got him caught, which was brilliant. You almost like you're rooting for her to like She was on the right side of Neptune. She might have been a podcast listener. <laughs> yes. No, she was great. Oh, I was so rooting for her and she she made it happen and they they caught him. But um, the actual dating apps, they wouldn't do anything. They wouldn't help you at all. If you got into a lot of trouble, they wash your hand, their hands of, of anything. So it was an eye-opener, and um, I, I recommend everyone to watch it, you know, because a lot of people date online right now. So You know that you mentioned this, Laura. One of the big genres in podcasting over the last, what, three or four years have been yep. his true crime, these true oh, yeah. crime podcasts. And yep. 
one of them that was kind of one of the leaders was close to home. It happened in Dallas, and it was called Dr. Death. And it was about a neurosurgeon that just went haywire. And, I mean, I don't even want to go into the details of it. It's so dark. And it's been made into a movie. I think Netflix or somebody picked it up and turned it into a movie. Yeah. But Wondery and all these big podcast entities and, get this, I kind of keep my eye on this genre. Mm -hmm. Now some of the big, here you go, media companies, Neptune, have been buying podcast production companies Almost in kind of a back to the uh, tech boom in the late 90s, kind of a flurry. They're buying Mm -hmm. these companies on the hope that they can produce material in this true crime genre and paying big, big bucks for companies that do not have the value that match what they're being sold for. Right. Jupiter. Yeah. Neptune. Right. Yeah, I mean, well, that's where we all are. We've just been through two years of um, a lockdown experience. So everybody flocks online. You know, it's where the people are. You know, it's where the the education is. It's where the dating is. It's where the money is. Everything is in the ethers. And at some point, you know, I was just watching a... Um, my oldest daughter is graduating from high school this year, and I watched online the seniors do their, it's kind of a talent show, end of the year type of thing. And at the end, there was like 10 couples that got up on the stage and and um, talked about how they thought about um, the world or whatever. They each had different questions. And one guy answered um, the the uh, question about, you know, how did you feel um, about just being online for the last couple of years in school? And he's like, well, we all, you know, had to do what we had to do. He goes, but he goes, I just realized how much we need people. We need to look each other in the eye. He's like, because the, the technology has really stripped us of I mean, he just said it so straightforward. I was just like, okay, he's the winner, please. He didn't win, but I was like, wow, he just nailed it. So the kids even know that you can go too far. You can get to Jupiter with technology and and the internet and all that. And he really was speaking from experience, you know, a senior in high school. Everything was online. You know, and hopefully, you know, we're moving out of that uh, that energy for the next group of kids coming through. But it's been a lot. You know, everything is, you know, the good, the bad and the in between is is um, not tangible. I guess that's what I want to say. It's that big Pisces mystery and magic because a lot of good things happen, too. I was going to say the upside, the positive side is Mm. I think we've had incredible spiritual growth, like we've talked about, and perceptions right now, like intuitive perceptions. People that have lost loved ones are reporting that they are getting all kinds of connections with the other side. Mm. Um, I think people are getting, to some degree, if you get on the opposite side of the illusion and confusion piece of Neptune, that you get clarity 
of direction and purpose. And now we're recording this with a little whiff of fire back in the chart. At least it's the sun. It's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. That, that yeah, exactly. we've got fire and fire. So at least we've got some oomph back into things that now we'll start to get some clarity, move forward. Because really these yeah. 15 days, two weeks, let's say, until the exact conjunction, and right. then another three weeks after that or so until Jupiter moves on into Aries. It's going to yeah. change. Yeah, and um, March 23rd, this this Wednesday, um, Mercury conjoins Neptune and squares the nodes. And I really have been feeling that this might be telling us something about how how to move forward with that conjunction coming up. And I mean, obviously, you know, with the 2009 example and the 1997 example, you know, when that year clicks in, it just doesn't seem to need that um, exactness because it's, it knows it's going to be together and it's, it, and it's, and it's coming together. But Mercury on that 23rd degree this Wednesday, conjoined to to Neptune. Talk about uh, connecting with with people on the other side and and synchronicities and luck and and sort of um, feeling your way to solving problems even or asking for miracles. I mean, that seems to be a really special day. Yeah, exactly. And I've just thought that as we're looking for the positive, trying to, you know, I just see, and I know you believe this wholeheartedly. In fact, Steve Forrest teaches it. I think it's his line, actually. The coin has two sides. Mm. So we always honor the shadow, but we look to the positive around here, at least. You know, it's always like, okay, yes, there's this, and then there's this other option. And yeah. trying to stay aligned with the positive sides of these archetypes is our job as spiritual conscious souls co-creating. We have the benefit of being able to see both sides and we get to choose. So when Mercury conjoined Jupiter and then a couple of days later conjoined Neptune, like you say, to me that was just heightened spiritual communication with ourselves. It was us getting in tune with our own inside, our self-talk. It was mm. getting those downloads and those perceptions. And if mm -hmm. we're on the right side of it, and even if we don't have the clarity, because Neptune can get in and confuse. See, I've got, I don't know if you know this or not, but I've got Sun conjunct Neptune on the same degree in my chart in Scorpio. Mm. Try living with that for 62 years. Yeah, it Lots gets confusing. Of, uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and sometimes when I'm in the confused mode, what I've learned to do to work with it is that I've put a team of people together who know me well, and they know astrology, and they think the same way. And mm -hmm. I have kind of adopted them as my little Neptunian board of directors. Yeah. And I go to them for advice. I ask for somebody who isn't seeing through the foggy colored buttered up glasses to look at my situation and give mm. me some perspective from outside. 
and then hope and pray to the gods that I make a good decision, but it's not only based on my own confused data. So that's what mm-hmm. I've done to get around it. And it works quite well, actually. Yeah. I mean, you know, look at uh, 2009, you know, when that pilot all of a sudden gets blindsided by a flock of geese. You know, another pilot might have crashed that plane right there in New York City. But he gracefully, you know, had the luck, had the skill, had the the moment was right. And he landed that in the Hudson River. So I think luck has a has a a big um, factor in the the Jupiter Neptune combo and um, you know just these synchronicities that come up too, um, and just being aware like okay you know miracles can happen and uh, Mercury and Pisces certainly um, has got its antennas up and can activate or 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 broadcast things coming in and, and things going out um, and they don't need to be verbal and they can be confusing, but they can also be quite enlightening. You know, it's definitely two, two sides of the coin right now. Um, but if you're an artist or a musician or someone who's used to just tapping out of the logic, tapping out of, 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 you know, that um, rigid thinking, I was in school until I went on vacation, and I'm so grateful. The minute I got done with school, Mercury went into Pisces. I got on a plane, and I'm out of here. And I planned it that way because I was like, I can't think anymore. I just need to stop, you know, and I'm very grateful for that. But um, using Mercury and Pisces um, to your best ability would be you know, do something that is um, really fluid, whether it be getting outside now, it's spring here in the the Northern Hemisphere, and just, you know, get into the soil, you know, make Uranus and Taurus happy, and just start pulling those weeds out. That's a real fluid energy, you know, if you have a garden. Things like that, things that are um, just easier on the brain. And, uh, yeah. And pray for peace. And pray for peace above all, for sure, for sure. And, you know, through praying, you know, just Mercury um, in Pisces, that, that, is, that is probably the, the highest form of, of, of communication right there. Praying, mm. you know, praying and asking for relief for others. Um, you know, asking for miracles, asking for some leeway, um, and, uh, you know, working with that vibration or, or waves or, you know, just ways to, to keep moving forward because before you know it, we're going to be in full Aries, Aries mode with many planets that'll, that'll change that energy quite rapidly. And Laura, along with Marilyn, Michelle, and Delia Golden, are all available on the funastrology.com website. Just go down to the readings tab and you can link directly to their profiles, information, and websites. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.